the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Welcome to Silicon Valley Business Connections, brought to you by the Silicon Valley Black Chamber of Commerce, where diversity and opportunity are one, from education to employment, entrepreneurship to innovation. This program is your weekly connection to the latest trends and opportunities taking place all across Silicon Valley. Host Carl Davis Jr. talks to the rock stars of Silicon Valley and offers you engaging interviews and insights from local, regional, and internationally acclaimed business leaders, entrepreneurs, and community leaders to help you stay connected. Now, here's your host, Carl Davis Jr. Hi, I'm Carl Davis Jr., and welcome to Silicon Valley Business Connections. I'm your host, but I'm also the president of the Silicon Valley Black Chamber of Commerce, where we help small businesses start, finance, grow, and even exit their business for more profit. We have in the studio with me today my good friend, producer, and co-host, Mr. Carl Big Papa Wells. Carl, how are you doing today? I'm doing wonderful. It's good to be here. It's good to see you. And it's good to be talking to our next guest. Oh, yeah. Why don't you bring her up? A good friend of mine, Mr. Deborah Watkins. Deborah is the founder and executive director of the California Alliance of African-American Educators and a Black Education Network. Deborah, what is a Black Education Network? And even before you go into that, Deborah, just tell us a little bit about who you are. Well, first of all, I want to thank you, Carl and Carl. Oh, that's a lot of Carls. (laughs) Two Carls for um, even inviting me on the radio show. I um, always uh, like uh, the opportunity to share my passion with people. Um, And so I'm um, very excited about being with you today. So thank you. Um, I started teaching... Uh, high school English in the East Side Union High School District of San Jose about 40 years ago. Yes. Oh, I'm, wow. I am ancient. <laughs> and I, um, 35 years ago, well, let's see. So the first thing I noticed um, when I started teaching at Independence High School, which at the time was the first uh, new high school in Silicon Valley in 25 years, uh, it had opened the year before, 1976. And I started teaching there in 1977. So it was a beautiful state-of-the-art um, campus with a um, planetarium, a public library, uh, Olympic-sized pool, a lap pool, an auditorium, um, a, a, a gymnasium that seated 5,000 students. And that's how many we had on that campus. It was an amazing place um, to start teaching. Um, and I had just come out of the Stanford Teacher Education Program, uh, and it was the first um, school that I taught in, and I ended up there for the next, in that district, I should say, for my entire career, the next um, 35 years. And the first thing I noticed uh, early on, that very few black students were making it into my college prep English classes. And so um, fortunately at the time, there was an organization called Black Educators of Eastside, Bees, and I joined that organization as a brand new teacher. And one of the purposes of Bees was to um, 
highlight the needs of of black students and make sure that um, they were not overlooked. Mm. So a few years later, uh, bees became joined up with bears, black educators of Alamoc School District, and bees and bears became the Santa Clara County Alliance of Black Educators. Uh, fast forward, I was an officer uh, from the beginning, uh, one of the founding members of the Santa Clara County Alliance of Black Educators 35 years ago, and I also um, became the president from 94 to 2001. And so in addition to being a teacher and a, a counselor and a project coordinator in the same school district for 35 years, I also helped start um, organizations outside of the school system and help run them. And so, like I said, the first one was the Santa Clara County Alliance of Black Educators. And in 2001, I started the California Alliance of African American Educators because I realized that our students were doing, in many cases, much worse outside of Santa Clara County than they were here. So that's just a little background. Mm, But you know what I got to say, though? Um, You didn't keep the great acronyms. Me and Carl were sitting there smiling when you talk about the bees and the bears. We were like, yo, that was rolling. Well, what happened to the lions and the tigers? That's what I want to know. Well, let me ask you something, Deborah. This, you've been in education for a very long time. So yes. you, you And you are what you have termed, you didn't term it, but you are unapologetically black. You are right. proud of our, of our race and our ethnicity and our culture and everything. You are a great educator. What happens to our educational system that drops off from maybe even the suburban schools to the uh, inner city schools? Well, I mean, that's a great question, Carl. Um, so in my, in my 40 years in education, um, I've noticed several things. Um, one, the system was never designed for the success of, of black children. Um, it was Carter G. Woodson in his seminal book entitled The Miseducation right. of the Negro, published in the third, 1930s, indicated that the system was never designed to help our children succeed in it. Um, in fact, we can go back and say the system really was never designed for um, non-white kids and non-white poor kids. <laughs> so um, it's been a struggle, even here in Silicon Valley with all of its wealth. Our children the black children in general perform um, lower than um, some children even in surrounding communities that are less less affluent and we where do you see where do you see the um, the change you know there's people that talk about you know if you don't read well by the time you're in third grade people are predicting you know prison population yes. from that so tell me where do you see the drop off of the or the you know the real switch well you know it's it's that's a great question too um there've been a couple of studies recently that unfortunately point to uh, black boys for example being disproportionately uh disciplined in preschool mm. um and just 2 weeks ago a study came out about um black girls and the information was was also uh, quite shocking, and that is because of the media's perception or per- perpetuation of negative stereotypes about black children. Um, too often, when they they find themselves in these school systems that are you know predominantly white, um, 
They, the people who are not, I, you know, I tell people all the time, this is very important for me to say, I tell people all the time that I've never met a teacher of any color who woke up one morning and said, how many black or brown children can I damage today? I've never met a teacher like that. I think teachers go into teaching because they really do love kids, all kids, I think. Um, my own experience bears that out. I only had white teachers from K to 12, um, and they were all my cheerleaders and my champions. But my brother behind me had the same teachers, and he had the opposite experience. So I think a lot of it has to do with how a child shows up at school. My brother was the youngest. Uh, he was My mother had six, six girls, and then she had my brother. And my brother was um, spoiled rotten. So when he showed up at school... He showed up in a way that teachers, I think, construed as being oppositional in that he just wanted his way. He was mm-hmm. accustomed to getting his way at home. He wanted his way at school, too. And the teachers were not having it. So he, he started, he was one of those kids who was disciplined over and over again. And my mother didn't play that. So, um, you know, for him to be in constant, quote, unquote, trouble at school, I look back on it now and realize that, it was probably because the teachers who um, had my brother um, did not quite know how to work with children who were slightly oppositional in their head. Well, do you do you think that any of that was preconceived? Do you think any of that being preconceived notion of being an African-American male? Absolutely. Absolutely preconceived. Absolutely preconceived. And, I mean, how many, you know, you're both black men. How many of... How many more stories, right, do we have to have of, you know, the Philando uh, Castile, Philando Castile right. Michael Brown, right. Trayvon Martin, Amen. you know, on and on and on. How many more of those stories? Why do we now have to have, quote, unquote, the talk with our boys before they go to school in the morning, right. you know, or and because it's not anything that they do, right? It's right. the public perception. You know, the funny thing yeah. is I, I was driving up from L.A. yesterday. And and I saw two people pull. Well, they had a BMW. An African American gentleman was in a BMW, and they, he actually had both of his hands. The cops wouldn't even buy the car. He actually had both of his hands outside the car just so that they can see. Yes. And then about thirty miles up, I saw another car which wasn't an African American male, and they were in there dan- and, and they were dancing and having a good time while the cops were back there running the license plate. Now right. that preconceived notion that carries over from that that up to third grade, you know, m- knowing how to read and being in, and being that that African American male. So what do we? You do a great job at what you do, and I know we're going to talk about it later. But what do you think that the answer is to not just African-American males, but just uh, the teachers that are coming in? They may not have uh, the uh, drive or the ambition, you know, within certain specific schools that are inner city schools. Uh, how, what, what's our what's our what's our remedy to all that? So so I'm glad you asked that question, because um, I want to to say that. When I started the California Alliance um, in 2001, the first thing I wanted to do was to have high-quality professional development for teachers working with our kids. So because I went to Stanford for graduate school, I just reached out to Professor Linda Donnie Hammond, mm-hmm. who had just arrived on the campus uh, a couple of years earlier, and I asked her if she would help me um, host these um, professional development summer institutes focused on on pedagogies and practices for successfully reaching 
African-American students. So in 2002, we held our first summer institute. And for the next 10 years, I partnered with Stanford, Stanford eight years, UCLA two years, and we brought in the best and the brightest African-American researchers and practitioners from around the country, the rock stars in their fields. And people flocked to the institutes. They were incredibly popular with educators. And 60% of the people who attended were white, and they loved mm-hmm. the institutes because they wanted to learn how to successfully yeah. reach our kids. Right. They, they desired that. It was in their heart. They knew that they did not have the skill set to do that. So I believe that professional development is really important. I believe that we need to teach people. I mean, for example, I'll just give myself as an example. You know, I come from an African-American tradition, right? I come from a black family. That's really all I know. Mm-hmm. Who am I to go in and try to teach um, Asian children from, you know, fresh out of Vietnam or Thailand or, you know what I mean? Yeah, Deborah, that sounds great. So we have to take a break real quick. But when we come back, we will talk a little bit more about family involvement. We will talk about the Frank Green Scholars and more about the fantastic Deborah Watkins. This is Silicon Valley Business Connections with Carl Davis Jr. Brought to you by the Silicon Valley Black Chamber of Commerce. More information about today's show is available by going to the Chamber's website, blackchamber.com, or call 408-288-8806. Now, back to Silicon Valley Business Connections. Hi, we're back. You're listening to Silicon Valley Business Connections, and we got Deborah Watkins on the line. She's the founder and executive director of the California Alliance of African American Educators. But she's also the founder and executive director, or what position is that that you hold with a black education network. What is that about, Deborah? Yes, thanks thanks again, Carl uh, Welch and Carl Davis for having me on your show. Um, so a black education network, I am the founder of uh, and executive director of a black education network. And I started incubating a black education network through the California Alliance of African American Educators five years ago. And it was at the prodding of a woman, Dr. Joyce King, who is um, my, what we call in the African tradition, my jegna, or some people call it a mentor, the person who has um, been very influential in in my national life, right, my life as a, a black educator on the national scale. So in 2012, um, I uh, helped fund a national convening of, we call a, ourselves Radical Black Educators in Chicago at the Weston O'Hare Hotel. And in 2013, we had a second convening uh, back at the Weston O'Hare. And in 2014, we um, worked on creating regional forums for people who could not attend the national conference. So in 2015, we had a regional forum in the south in Atlanta and in the um, east in Philadelphia, in the Midwest in Detroit, and wow. on the west coast in the Los Angeles area. That's great. And in 2016, we convened uh, these national uh, board members and advisory committee members at at a Silomar in uh, Monterey, and we came up with a new way to position ourselves um, as a black education network to uh, do the work um, of basically replicating some of the best programs of the California Alliance of African American Educators. And one of those programs is the award-winning Dr. Frank S. Green Scholars Program. Mm -hmm. So tell us a little bit about Dr. Frank Green 
um, just just basically about him and why you called it the Frank Green program, and then tell us about the program itself. Yes, so Dr. Frank Green was one of the first African-American scientists to um, to make his mark in Silicon Valley. He was with the early founders of, of Intel, Applied Material, National Semiconductor. Uh, Dr. Green had a, a PhD in electrical engineering from mm-hmm. Santa Clara University. Uh, he had a master's in electrical engineering from Purdue. Uh, and he had been in the Air Force Academy, just a brilliant um, scientist. And he created one of the early semiconductors that helped pave the way for today's computers. Incredible. Um, he sold two of his companies to um, uh, one company to Lockheed, and I forgot who he sold the other company to, but it made him very, very wealthy. And with that wealth, he decided to create a venture capital a venture capital firm, and the purpose of the venture capital firm was to seed um, seed tech companies run by uh, people of color and women, and he mm-hmm. did that um, until he died suddenly of a massive stroke on um, Christmas Eve about nine years ago. So tell us a little bit about your program now. So the Green Scholars Program, I founded that, I started that in 2001 as well when I started the California Alliance. And um, <clears throat> basically, um, Dr. T.J. Rogers, um, who is the founder of Cypress Semiconductor, has been our angel investor for the entire you know, 16 years of the program. In fact, I met him three years prior to that when I helped start the George Washington Carver Scholars Program that Intel picked up. So the Green Scholars Program is sort of a successor of the what we call the Intel Carver Scholars Program because Intel is the title sponsor. And basically, um, this is a program that meets one Saturday a month for four hours. We've been living rent-free at Cypress Semiconductor for now 10 years. Uh, and um, 100% of our students go to college, 90% graduate in four years with their BA or BS degrees. Did you say 100? Pause for one second, Deborah. Did you say 100% of your students? 100% of our our students have always gone to college since its inception in 2001. Um, 90% of those students graduate in four years, not in eight or nine or ten, in four years with their BA or BS degrees, and 60%, 60%, this is the most significant statistic, 60% of those, of those degrees are in STEM fields, which is eight times the nice. national average for wow. black students earning STEM. So it seems like you found the key to opening up the door to the minds and hearts and souls of some of the young um, uh, kids of color. Yes. Uh, and to educational success and occupational success. Yes. And people ask me what the secret sauce is, and I tell them it's parent engagement. There you go. So when I designed the program, I designed it so that the parents would be trained on how to deliver the program. So if our funding was ever cut, we can still run the Green Scholars Program. Now, I must say that um, seven months ago, I spun off the Green Scholars Program as its own 501c3 so that I could concentrate on replicating it around the country through a black education network. We call it a bin. Yes, and our first two replication sites have already been selected. One is Charlotte, North Carolina, because the president of a bin's board is a professor there at the University of North Carolina in, uh, in, in Charlotte. And our second location, you'll love this, is in Jersey City, <laughs> New Jersey, because the ex-husband of Frank Green's daughter lives there. Wow. And he wants to replicate it in his 
new environment. Now, is it going to be at a school or is it going to be separate from a school like yours is in a program Saturday. from the It'll community? Saturday, Saturday is, the, is the best model we've, we've discovered. Uh, we do have a tiny program that I'm still running under a bin, a tiny STEM program in San Francisco Bay, San Francisco's Bayview Hunters Point, Hunters Point neighborhood. Mm-hmm. Um, and, um, you know, but it's very small and it is called the George Washington Carver Scholars Program itself. But um, we started it as a school-based model, and we found that the model didn't, didn't work that well as an after-school program. So right. three years ago, we, we took the program on to a Saturday, and it's just worked out much, much better since then. And you so, did say something earlier, which is you thought that the success was, was not primarily due, but due to uh, uh, family and parent involvement. Absolutely. That is the secret sauce. Every parent in the Green Scholars Program has to donate 40 hours a year to the program. 40 hours a year. We have about 26 different committees that the parents can choose from. They can choose to serve on the logistics committee, science fair gala, science fair um, itself, um, you know, the hospitality, the career fair committee. There are 26 different committees uh, that the parents can choose to serve on. And and other than the value of that, um, that has no, that's priceless. Is there a price for these kids to be involved in this program? Yes, there is. Thank you for asking. There is a $350 family contribution, but we never turn anyone away who cannot pay that. We have payment plans. There's even been times when we had scholarships from companies to underwrite those parents who couldn't afford it. Mm-hmm. We've never turned away anyone who could not afford the three hundred and fifty dollars a year. And and uh, is are they just are they African American kids or are they um, kids all- of color? Only African-American students. This program is unapologetically focused on African-American students. And the reason I, I take that stance is because the, the African-American students are, are only 6% of the statewide school population, K-12. to Only 6%. Uh, Latinos are 62%. And obviously, because their numbers are, are 10 times greater than ours, they get more attention than our children do. And so the purpose of starting the Santa Clara County Alliance of Black Educators, the California Alliance of African American Educators, and now a Black Education Network, is to keep that unapologetic focus mm-hmm. on black children, regardless of the demographics, um, locally, statewide, and nationally. Wow. Well, you know, you would think that uh, uh, San Jose tech companies or Silicon Valley tech companies will be beating down your door to uh, to talk to you about this program, because if they really believe in diversity and inclusion, <laughs> this is exactly what they want. Right. Well, I'm so glad you said that. And I did not plant that. question. That <laughs> I said it. It is. A, it's a great comment, because. As it turns out, our funders do read like a who's who in Silicon Valley. But let me say this. Um, you know, we struggle every year to get the funding to keep the program mm-hmm. afloat. When I say that, mm-hmm. um, you know, I struggle is relative, right? Mm-hmm. Because, you know, we, we, our budget is about 300000 for the Green Scholars Program. Mm-hmm. So when you take 100, um, 100 parents times $350, that's about only $35,000 of your budget. That means we have to raise all the rest of that money. Now, when I say we struggle, we raise it every year. We raise what's necessary, but it's not like people are beating down our doors. They're not. And I think it's because we are unapologetically focused on black kids. 
Wow, that's a slap on them. But, you know, before we go, and I know Carl's got another question. We've got about two minutes. And, Deborah, I wanted you to say a little bit about the San Jose State College Readiness Program because that's a wonderful program that people need to know about. And then I want you to say something a little bit about your grant writing skills because that's okay, what you so do. The African American College Readiness Summit um, began about four or five years ago. Um, it's a partnership with San Jose State and community organizations like the Black Chamber and my nonprofit. And um, the first time that we, when we first started having the, 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 the Readiness Summit, we had um, about 500 uh, black high school students and 500, uh, 500 we had, I'm sorry, we had 500 black high school and middle school students. And two years ago, we decided to have two separate days. So now we have a middle school summit and a high school summit, and each of them uh, target about 500 black students. So it's a wonderful event that San Jose State has embraced, and the community has come forward to help. Um, wow. Support. Wow. Well, now tell us real quickly about your grant writing, the and, grant then how, writing. and then how so can people... I how can people have, um, stay in touch with you, Deborah? Uh, unlock the door the, a little bit, a little bit to um, the fundraising world. And I was an English teacher by training, so writing comes easily to me. And grant successful grant writing is just being able to tell your story in a compelling manner. And I've been able to do that rather successfully, and I've raised um, several millions of dollars for the California Alliance and the Green Scholars Program and our other programs over the past um, sixteen years. Wow! Wow! Well, you know, we're going to have to kind of wrap it up, Deborah. But uh, I have to say, Carl, we have to bring her back on again. What do you think? Uh, maybe next week. <laughs> well, Deborah, we thank you for that. Is there um, how do we reach any uh, any way to reach you or the Green yes, Scholars? Thank you for asking. So we have, of course, the California Alliance's website. It's up still. Um, www.caaae.org, and we also have a website up for a Black Education Network. We're making some um, new changes to it, but it's uh, www.aben, so that's A Black Education Network, the number four, and then ACE. ACE stands for Academic and Cultural Excellence, so ACE.org. A bin for ACE.org. Well, you wow. are definitely the the example, the example of a uh, of, uh, Black education. We uh, applaud you and your success, Deborah, and we look forward to talking to you more. Thank you, Thank Deborah. Thank you so much for having me on the show. The pleasure was all mine. Ladies and gentlemen, you're listening to Silicon Valley Business Connections. You've been listening to Silicon Valley Business Connections with Carl Davis Jr. and brought to you by the Silicon Valley Black Chamber of Commerce. More information about today's show is available by going to the Chamber's website, blackchamber.com. That's blackchamber.com. Or call 408-288-8806. That's 408-288-8806. Copies of our podcast are available online at blackchamber.com. If you would like to know more about a specific guest or make recommendations for upcoming guests and topics, email info at blackchamber.com. Keeping you connected. Silicon Valley Business Connections. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn. 
deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal record to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.